Welcome to Open-Minded Healing, where the topic is alternative health. We will be having conversations with the practitioners that offer a variety of alternative healing modalities, as well as everyday people who have recovered their health outside of the MD's office. Join us with an open mind for conversations that may provide solutions to healing your own body on a mental, physical, and spiritual level. I'm Marla Miller. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone. Today, my guest is Holly Bertone. Holly is a breast cancer survivor, a Hashimoto's warrior, a number one Amazon bestselling author, and host of the Grateful Warrior podcast. Holly spent 25 years rising through the ranks of consulting and federal government service before her failing health shattered her corporate dreams. Since then, she has leaned into her path of true purpose and fulfillment as a gratitude and mindset coach by helping women view their cancer or autoimmune diagnosis as a gift so that they can unwrap their resilience to build fortitude with gratitude. Welcome, Holly. Thanks so much, Marla, for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for taking the time to come here. So I know the topic today we're going to really be discussing is how to view your diagnosis as a gift rather than maybe some people view it as some kind of punishment or, you know, maybe they did something wrong. What did they do to deserve this? And also we're going to talk about gratitude, but I would love for you to give your personal story of healing so that people could see that when you were confronted with something very difficult, you actually lived what you're trying to teach. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Marla. And You know, I think it's important to share first, you know, we throw out that word gift and, you know, diagnosis kind of in the, in the same sentence. And I know for so many people listening, it's hard to think about that. There's a great quote out there that says healthy people have a million dreams. If you're sick, you only have one dream and that is to get healthy again. So if you're listening already thinking, oh my goodness, a gift that's way too, I can't even think about that. Just Stay with us. We will land the plane. We will land the plane. I promise. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone just feels welcome to listen to this message, even if you are in a place where you are hurting or suffering. I like to begin my story at the age of 38 and the day before my 39th birthday, because the contrast creates clarity. And I think it's important to really understand kind of who I was before I got sick, because When my journey hit rock bottom three times, it can kind of appreciate the type of person that I am to really navigate that path. I always like to say my 38 year of life plus 364 days, I was literally living the perfect life. I had climbed the corporate ladder. I was the chief of staff for a national security program management office for one of those three letter federal agencies they make TV shows about. We'll just leave it at that. Um, So I had a very high stress, high powered management position. And I raced Xterra races, which is the off-road triathlon. So kind of a shorter version of an Ironman, but all off-road. And I mountain bike raced and I rock climb and I traveled all over and I drank margaritas with my girlfriends and I was living in sin with my boyfriend. So (laughs) if you would have asked me at the age of 30 to wave a magic wand and create my perfect life, that was it. Life could not have been any better. And then on my 39th birthday, I was commuting home and my doctor's office called. Now 
I had found the lump. I went through all the testing. It had actually taken almost two months to go through the testing. And the doctor's office called and he said, Holly, I'm calling to let you know that you have breast cancer, but don't worry. It's the good kind. You're going to need to call a surgeon and to schedule a surgery. My cancer was ERPR positive, HER2 negative, which if you had to scale breast cancer, it was a lazy and small tumor. I wouldn't call it the good kind, but there are definitely certainly more aggressive cancers out there. But it was my 39th birthday and that was my birthday present. And then two days later, my boyfriend got down on one knee and asked the big question, will you marry me? So it was two days, 48 hours and eight words that just completely changed my life. And so I am instantly trying to be a sexy fiance and going through all of the appointments, trying to figure out the, the best standard of care. I ended up having surgery, chemo and radiation. So I think kind of the standard treatment, again, all while navigating trying to be a sexy fiance. And when I had a lumpectomy and you think, oh, it's going to be like pieces missing, but it was actually really swollen, right? So the the surgery site was like really swollen. So nothing was comfortable, nothing fit right. I lost all my hair with chemo. I went into chemical menopause. I had the walking parts. I smelled so bad. Chemo coming out of my pores. I didn't even want to be around myself you know, crying myself asleep at night because the pain coming out of my bones just emanated, you know, just hurt so bad. Like I was the biggest hot mess of a fiance that they had. Yeah. I can't imagine having such extreme emotions on either end with that diagnosis and then an engagement that should be like one of the happiest times of your life. Right. Right. And we ended up getting married uh, 10 days after treatment ended. So I was still very sick and very bald on our wedding day. And his son, my then uh, stepson was seven. He had just turned seven when we got married. So kind of going through treatment with both of them by my side was a very, very, very special time. But about a month into it, I, I approach things with humor. It's just kind of my go-to coping mechanism And I kept joking about like, oh yeah, some girls get, you know, flowers and earrings on their birthday. My gift was breast cancer. I kept saying it so many times in joking. And then all of a sudden one day I just had this peace and I was like, I I can't explain it. It wasn't like I heard a voice or anything. I just felt a peace and I knew that breast cancer was my gift. And I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea what that meant at the time. This was 12 years ago, but I think I just said it so many times that I convinced my brain that it was my gift. And then fast forward right after our wedding, and this was again, 12 years ago, my husband deployed. So I had many months to be quiet, to be at home, to recover. And I kept getting sicker and sicker. And I kept pushing my doctors for answers. And they're like, you know, your body's been through a lot with cancer and chemo, and it's just going to take you a while to recover. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I used to race Xterras before this. I can't get out of bed. All the girls in my peer group, like in support group, they're out doing these 5K pink ribbon races, you know, go team pink. And I can't get out of bed. There's something wrong with me. So it took quite a few months. And towards the end of the year, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is the autoimmune component of hypothyroidism. 
And the two biggest symptoms are weight gain and chronic fatigue. Now, fortunately, I've been able to keep my weight at a decent, you know, not too bad. But over the years, that chronic fatigue just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, it was like a one-two gut punch to my health. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, and unfortunately, that's a fairly common story where you're going into the doctor and you're telling them, you know, something is wrong and they come up with all kinds of reasons why there really isn't something wrong with you. Yeah. I don't know if there's any studies out there, but I know just from hearing other women in support group, hearing the women in my Pink Fortitude community, how many have those. So I definitely think there's some correlation. Between breast cancer and Hashimoto's. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's interesting, though, that you've seen that combination in a number of people. Can we go into rock bottom number three? Uh, Yes. (laughs) So remember how I said I was an overachiever, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it. (laughs) Yeah. So we are now in 2017. And the fatigue just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And what was, I think, so bad about it was that after cancer, and I'm not trying to compare the two, for me personally, my journey, cancer was an on-off switch. Autoimmune was kind of the gift that kept on giving, but I didn't know that. I was like, oh, I'll just get some medicine and I'll be fine. And yeah, didn't exactly work that way. <laughs> Anyway, so the fatigue just kept getting worse and worse. I mean, I was falling asleep at work. It was really bad. And it got so bad. We actually had a management change. The mean girls, as I call them, came in. I was uh, pretty much forced to resign. They wanted nothing to do with me being sick. Even though I had legal protections, I ended up resigning. So 2017, you know, I have this awesome job. I was making six figures. We live in the DC metro area. So the cost of living is really high. You know, we hadn't planned for it. All of a sudden, our income was cut in half. And I pretty much spent the rest of that year in bed recovering and, you know, kind of trying to figure out next steps. Well, yeah, that is another harsh reality when you lose a job, especially such a great paying one, such a what you would consider a stable job. Absolutely. Yeah. So and also adds on more stress onto your health as far as financially now. Right, right. So you take that time to be at home and and try and recover your health through what means? At that point, there was one point that I think I just kind of gave up, right? Because I think you kind of get to a point where you're like, this is just going to be my life. It was uh, Dr. Amy Myers. And I read her book, the, which was the autoimmune protocol, I think. And I was like, gluten-free, that's just for those like weird, healthy people. (laughs) And I tried it and I was like, wow, this kind of works. Like it was almost immediate that I felt that I daily migraines were gone and I started eliminating sugar, even though I was somewhat healthy. What I know as healthy today and back then, definitely not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So I eliminated sugar from my diet and went gluten-free just overnight, cold turkey. And like these welts just came out of my body. I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. So (laughs) what do you mean? You had welts and they disappeared? No, no, no. Or toxins were coming out of your body. Toxins. Yeah. Toxins were coming out of my body in the, in the form of welts. I think like probably some candida or something. But yeah, the effects of going gluten-free were almost immediate, not enough from the perspective of the fatigue, but 
to really start like, oh, that needle moved a little bit. Maybe there's something to this. That kind of got my journey started with really jumping into natural health and what it meant. And I ended up becoming that next year, I became a certified natural health coach. I started my business, Pink Fortitude, and really just jumped in full on into the natural health space. But I realized that there was something missing. You can do the nutrition, you can eliminate the toxins or minimize the toxins and do the beauty products and all of the things. But if you don't address the mindset and the emotions, there's still a huge, huge, huge piece missing from that puzzle. Yes, I 100% agree with that. The mindset and the way you are feeling directs your life, really. It's so powerful. And dealing with the emotional demons head on too. That's powerful. So how did you come to that conclusion that I need to address this? And how did you go about facing your demons It was just a lot of inner work. I actually worked with a coach as well, you know, did a lot of tapping and just a lot of reflections and letting go and things like that. I really, at that point, started into gratitude, kind of like going gluten-free, like, oh, that's just for those, you know, again, the whole mindset thing, right? That's just for those weird woo-woo people, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this actually works. And just really started digging into the power of gratitude. And actually, can we put a pin in this for a second and come right back? So I think it's important to take a minute to share a little bit of a backstory about my mother and kind of what got me to that place of gratitude. When she was pregnant with me, doctors also said that she had Addison's disease. She was really sick. She went in and after many, many tests and many doctors, and this was in the early seventies, right? Like they didn't have the internet. They didn't know anything. It was a very, very rare adrenal disorder. So they were like, oh, well, you're not going to bring your baby to term. You're not going to live past the age of 30. Like all these horrible things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm here. And um, (laughs) she actually lived to 73, almost 74. So um, So there. (laughs) So there. So I grew up you know, kind of watching her through her own health challenges, through the good times and the bad. And she always said it builds fortitude. And that was her life mantra. And I heard it almost every single day of my life. And I didn't know what it meant until I started going through my own health challenges. And I always thought it kind of meant the tough times, like the going through the tough times builds that inner mental strength, that resilience and grit and all that mental toughness. But once I started really exploring the mindset piece, I really just hung on to gratitude. And the more I jumped into the research, the more I jumped into the science, the more I jumped into everything about gratitude, realizing that all of those years, I thought she was talking about the tough times. She says the tough times build fortitude, that that's what it was, but I was wrong. It's gratitude. It's gratitude that builds fortitude. And just kind of looking back throughout her entire life and how she lived her life, every day not knowing when is going to be her last day and just living every single day with a heart full of gratitude. That's what kept her alive for 73 years. And that's amazing. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all came together. Yeah, I think people think that life has to be so hard in order to be worthy. 
And that's kind of the opposite of what it is. Like you said, when you find gratitude, which is so simple, right? It's such a simple daily practice you can do to think of 10 things you're grateful for, like each morning to start your day off. But that can really have a powerful impact on how your day goes and how your body feels. Absolutely. And what was interesting was starting to kind of work with my community and realizing I kept hearing the same things over and over again, that either gratitude doesn't work for me, or I'm not worthy of gratitude, or I make a list of three things and nothing changes. And, you know, I kept hearing the same sentiments over and over again. And I was like, okay, this gratitude thing, there's a lot of science, there's a lot of medical benefits. It's free. There's almost 8 billion people on this planet. It's like love and happiness. Like everyone can have it. Why do so many women in my pink fortitude community with autoimmune disease or cancer or, you know, other types of health challenge, why does gratitude fail them? Why is this not working? And then that's when I went just full on (laughs) really looking at, you know, the neuroplasticity and looking at the brain science and trying to figure out why, because you look at all the science and the science makes sense. And there's plenty of research studies that back the scientific proof of gratitude that back how good it is for your health and beneficial it is for your health. Why is it failing so many people? and specific to this community. I was on a mission to find the answer. Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear what the answer is. (laughs) (laughs) So what I found was that everyone talks about, you you wake up in the morning, you make a list of three things you're grateful for. You go to bed at night, you make a list of three things you're grateful for. That's how I got started with my gratitude practice. I mean, I think it is very common and very easy to do. But what I found is that when you make a list of three things you're grateful for, 10 things or five things or whatever, you're making a list. And unless that internalizes, there's no transformation. Yeah. So that was one big piece of it. It can't be just like a to-do list. It's not something you just cross off the to-do list. It has to be an inner transformation. But the other big piece of it, and again, kind of specific to a community of women with health challenges, is that you have, and I kind of call it the reverse iceberg. Every day, everyone has their everyday challenges of life, whatever they are. And then you have health challenges on top of that. Well, those health challenges, those diagnoses come with their own set of additional stressors. So it's not just having that disease state in your body, but then it also causes strained relationships and medical bills and fighting with insurance companies and not getting answers from doctors and all of these additional stressors. And then especially in this day and age, there's political divide and you can't even talk to a neighbor without getting into a political rant or going on Facebook or turning on the news and everything's negative. And it's just this reverse iceberg of negativity and stress. And it's called cognitive load. Your brain can only process so much. Your brain wants to be in a state of just calm and happy and likes to be in homeostasis. And when you put too much into it, when you have too many stressors, first of all, your brain just wants to shut down. You can't think straight. And then number two, from a physiological perspective, 
all of that stress then causes additional inflammation in your body, which then perpetuates the disease state. And then again, back to the brain, you make poor choices like not eating well because you're stressed and you reach for ice cream or bag of chips and you binge watch Netflix versus going out for a walk. And it's just kind of this perpetual cycle. Gratitude is the way to reverse that cycle. Gratitude is the way to start reducing that stress state in your body, to make that switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic, from the the fight or flight to the rest and digest, and then to bring down that inflammation in your body, and then to clear up your brain to make better choices. So it's one big cycle one way, and then it's another big cycle the other way. Yeah, you can definitely build momentum one way or the other. And I've always had the mindset of trying to find the good. But as of the past couple of weeks, I decided to first thing in the morning, not look at the phone, but I have a journal and I just do a gratitude list. But like you said, it's really feeling those emotions when I write it and I'm not viewing it as a chore. And if I do, I don't do it then. Yeah, I do it at another time during the day, but I find it good to do it in the morning just because I feel like it starts your day thinking positive. Absolutely. And then like, I'll follow it with meditation or listening to Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. that, but the Abraham Hicks stuff is all about your thoughts become your reality. So if you're constantly focused on the negative or the news or politics or whatever it is that has negative undertones, that's what you're going to bring more of into your life. Just trying to be much more aware of what I'm bringing into my space and into my mind. Absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard to make that shift. It's, It's not easy. But I will say, once you do make that shift and you're never consciously, back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really feel, I feel like I am sleeping better because yeah. I used to wake up with anxiety and this has helped definitely quell that. So it definitely has an effect on your body and your ability to relax, you know, Absolutely. and like you said, lower inflammation in your body and in your brain. So do you have any of the science behind it? Like any little facts or figures about yeah, gratitude? Abs- absolutely. And I think the Keystone article was by Amy Marin in Psychology Today. I'm going to paraphrase it, the seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. And basically what they did was they took a compilation of research studies and narrowed it down into the basically the seven best health benefits of gratitude. And I paraphrase it a little bit to be not quite as sciencey, but gratitude improves the quality of your relationships. You can experience fewer aches and pains, decrease anger and anxiety and increase happiness, enhance empathy and reduce angry outbursts, sleep better and be comfortable in your own skin. A lot of that, you know, kind of self-care and self-love. And then number seven is my favorite and that's increasing mental strength. And that's what I call fortitude. There were, I think, three or four different studies that they did on survivors of traumatic events that had PTSD. So they looked at earthquake victims, school shooting, 9-11 survivors, and Vietnam veterans. And the studies were anywhere. I mean, Vietnam veterans, the studies were years out, but looking at you know short-term and long-term effects of PTSD and different studies, but they all had the same result. And that was that gratitude reduced that collective PTSD, the trauma, and increased feelings of happiness. 
So reduce the anxiety, reduce the depression, reduce the PTSD, and then increased feelings of happiness. And I think that's especially relevant considering what the world just went through these last few years. A lot of people are still in that fear state. So to use the power of gratitude to be able to reduce that as well. Yeah, I think that is so important. Like you said, especially during the times now. And also what I've heard is the negative chatter in your head or the problems you keep talking about are just recycling. You know, it's like a lot of it is the same thought, but you just keep recycling it over and over and over again. Yeah. So it makes you feel like your world is so dire when in reality, it's not. There's so many great things in life to appreciate and enjoy. And some of them are the simplest little things, you know, having the sun warm you up as you take a walk or whatever it is, you can always find something to be grateful for. And if you want that to multiply, I think you do have to make that conscious effort to allow yourself not only to think about it, but to feel it, like you said, to embody it. Right. And it's not from a place of fake positivity or Pollyanna or his colored glasses. It's it's from that real authentic feeling it from the inside out and really looking at it as I'm going to use gratitude to transform my mind, to transform my body and harnessing that power versus just, oh, I'm just going to think positive. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing should be forced. If you're forcing something, you got to come at it from a different angle, really getting excited about it and almost like daydreaming and seeing what comes to mind, you know, when you're in that very peaceful, relaxed space. I was going to say, I actually have a funny story. We have oh, a minute Oh, yes. Let's hear a funny story. <laughs> so, well, I say funny story. It was about when my mom died, but the story is actually funny. So even though we knew for years, any day could be our last, it was still very traumatic. So I was at a point where I was just in the ugly cries, the big boohoos, and I was already full on in my gratitude study and practice and everything like that. And I remember almost like a child throwing a tantrum, like, I don't want to be grateful, right? I'm laying in bed, I've got the ugly cry. And I was like, I don't want to be grateful. Because that voice in your head, like, once you make that shift, right? You've got that little voice in your head, you're like, Mm, there's something to be grateful here. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to be grateful, right? Throwing the, the temper tantrum. So I'm crying and I'm crying. And the next thing I know, all I could think about, I don't have it anymore, but I had this yellow mechanical pencil and it reminded me of the movie Office Space with the red swing line stapler, right? It was this little yellow mechanical pencil. It was a big nothing right? Yeah. So insignificant with anything in my life at that point. And I just kept thinking about that stupid little yellow pencil and how much it was my favorite pencil and how I was like, you know, I am kind of grateful for my little yellow pencil. And you know what? You know what, Marla? It opened the door. Wow. opened the door. So you had trained your mind to think that way previously. And so it couldn't help but go in that direction, even during a traumatic time. Yeah. I actually, I've got one. I've got an even better story for you. (laughs) Better than the little yellow pencil. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a redhead thing, but before gratitude, Holly, I should say, (laughs) uh, could have a little bit of a temper and never a fan of poor customer service. And this was a few years ago before the pandemic, my husband and I did a road trip out West. So we're in the middle of the country. 
And we had been driving since like six in the morning and, you know, it was getting around six or seven at night. Like we're exhausted. So I get on the phone, I find the hotel, I call, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like they're 45 minutes out. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, we have a room. So we get there, no room. Because first of all, we had to wait like 10 minutes to someone actually came up to the front check-in place and they're like, oh, the room's not ready. We're like, wait, I just called, right? Like 45 minutes ago. We're in the middle of nowhere. So getting in the car and driving would have been another hour before we found the hotel. So it's not like we could just go across the street. It wasn't like it was a you know complex yeah. or anything. So we're like, okay, so we wait and wait and wait. So he gives us the key. We go up and he had said something about the air conditioner not working all that great. And we go into the room. Well, the air conditioner was just flat out broken, broken to the point of, you know how when you walk on wet carpet, it's got that squish, squish, squish. <laughs> Right. The air conditioner had been leaking so much. The entire carpet was squish, squish, squish. At that point, it was like, I don't even want to think about mold. Right. So we go in because we had been traveling all day. We go into the bathroom, grab a towel to go get a shower, no towels. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go down to the front desk and see if we can get some towels. And my husband, he is ready. Like he's like grabbing the popcorn, getting ready. He is ready to see the show. He is ready for me to just go exorcist on (laughs) the poor manager. And so he's just coming along for entertainment value. So we go down and I was like, hey, um, yeah, the air conditioner definitely isn't working, but we'll forgo that. Do you have any towels? He's like, no, I don't have any towels. They're all in the, the wash. And I was like, okay. And he's like, wait a second. And he goes in the back and he comes out with like this one little washcloth. I was like, that's it. <laughs> and my husband's looking at me ready for me to just come unglued. And you know what I said? I said, thank you. We'll figure it out. We just are very grateful to have a roof over our head tonight. It's been a long day of traveling and I hope your day gets better. And it, it just came out. It just came out. And I realized this was the first time that I actually realized this is gratitude. This is what it does. Like there's some crazy changes that it does in your brain and your body. And this is one of them. It makes you say things like that, not ugly stuff. It makes you say really nice stuff. (laughs) What was so great about that was it wasn't just my gift because I could have gotten mad and then we could have been mad and not gotten a good night's sleep. And then I would have yelled at him and then he would have been fussing for the next customer, right? This was my gift, not just for myself, not just for my husband, but for the manager who obviously was having a very bad day. And this was his gift that he could receive kindness probably for the first time that entire day. And to be able then to give that gift of kindness to the next person he talked to. Yeah, definitely. That's a gift. And when you receive that kindness from someone, you just want to give more of that. So like you said, then he could go about his day affecting the next person's life and then they'll affect someone else's. I mean, it really does go a long way. Just a simple, kind gesture. Yeah. It very much is a ripple effect. Yeah. Yes. I love that, that you were able to incorporate that kindness in a way that you hadn't been able to maybe in the past. So when you were going through, as you call them, rock bottom moments, what was the biggest lesson you learned, the biggest obstacle you faced and the biggest kindness someone showed you? I think the biggest lesson was that it was a gift. I mean, the whole gratitude thing obviously is a big present wrapped with a big bow. I mean, gratitude is a gift that you can give to yourself in a million different ways. 
But looking at it from the perspective of, you know, when, when I was diagnosed, the surgeon put her hand on my knee and she said, lightning struck. And I thought like, okay, I needed to hear that. Cause I was like, I'm 39, I'm healthy. How did I get cancer? Right. Yeah. And realizing many years later, being able to look back and to take responsibility and to just kind of dissect things like, yeah, you know, I grew up in an agrarian society with lots of chemicals, which you can't really control, but I had a very sugar-filled diet for many, 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 many years, you know, and even in my adult years, six cans of Coca-Cola a day on top yeah. of M&Ms for lunch and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Those are addictive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, a high sugar diet, a high stress job, you know, going back and looking at all of these factors and saying, you know what? I need to make a change. And when I was going through cancer, I wasn't on that kind of looking back health journey yet, but I was able to really start that shift of what is important in life and focusing on family and my new husband and my new stepson and really starting to make that shift. And then again, the gift when I was forced to resign, being able to start Pink Fortitude to be able to help and coach other women and to be able to be home for my stepson through his middle and high school years growing up, you know, so the gift from the perspective of changing my perspective, but then the gift from the perspective of taking responsibility for my health and now being in a place where everything that I do goes back to, is this going to make me healthier or is this going to take me backwards? Yeah, I love that. The lesson of taking responsibility for your life and realizing you have so much power, you know, and it can be used to propel you forward or to hold you back. Yeah. So what was the biggest obstacle during that time? I think the biggest obstacle was just having my entire foundation taken from under me at rock bottom number three you know, having gone through cancer, having figured out how to keep a full-time job and work through a lot of the fatigue issues, but then not being financially prepared to have to resign. I mean, that was a huge obstacle, which, you know, we were able to overcome in due time, but at the time it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. Like there were some really ugly cries and some really ugly moments in our marriage trying to get through it. And, you know, we did. Yeah, that's awesome that you made it through all that because I'm sure that was extremely difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because also it's your identity. Absolutely. I mean, that seemed like a very big part of your identity, especially as I would consider you like a type A personality with everything you were doing and to confront the fact that you were no longer able to be that, you know, whether it was the job itself or the outside activities that you were doing. And Marla, I'm so glad you brought that up because that actually was a huge piece of it. I mean, I felt like a failure, you know, I was like, I can barely get out of bed. I can, you know, barely even make dinner for my family. Like I'm not providing financially. I've literally felt like a failure. I was like, there's nothing I can do right now. And yeah, that was, that was a really, really rough time. Yeah. Well then what was the biggest kindness someone showed you during that time? Um, so the day that I kind of knew it was not the day that I actually like walked out of the building, but the day that it was kind of came down, I went into the stairwell. So this was right before I resigned 
And I went into the stairwell and another ugly cry. There's a lot of ugly cries in this journey. <laughs> and one of my coworkers who we were friendly, but we certainly weren't close. She just saw me kind of lose it. I just ran out of the office, went into the stairwell and just had a really like 30 minute long ugly cry. And she followed me out. She didn't say a word. She just sat down beside me and just put her hand on my back. That was it. That makes me emotional just hearing that. I know. Oh my gosh. And that shows the power of something so simple. Someone, like you said, not even saying a word. It's just the body language and just being there there. for you. Yeah. Letting you know you're not alone and it'll be okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I love hearing all of this about mindset and gratitude, and you can see how it transformed your life. And also just listening to your story, it's just another example of how I always feel like the universe has your back. If people believe that, if people believe that, you know, if you look at everything that happens as for your good or pointing you in a direction that's for your good, you view everything differently. It changes your life to view it that way. Instead of why is this happening to me? You know, what did I do wrong or get frustrated? And it's, it's so much easier, better, healthier when you can look at it with gratitude and look for the lessons. Yeah, absolutely. And now to be in a place where I coach other women on gratitude and mindset and help them through that journey as well. It's such a beautiful place to be able to give back like that. Yeah. Isn't it amazing looking back at your life and now you can put all the pieces together and see why you were led in a certain direction. And then there were some twists and turns, but to bring you to where you are today. And now right. you're feeling, I'm guessing, very fulfilled absolutely, um, and full of purpose. And you're helping so many other women in a way you wouldn't have been able to in that job had you kept it. Absolutely. That's wonderful. So is there any last note you want to add on or to tell people about gratitude if they're struggling? You know, I think just to really hit home that, you know, just really open your heart to feel it, like feel it really deep. We're all unique human beings, right? We're all going to experience gratitude in a different way. Whatever fits your personality, the list thing might not be your thing. It might be something else really explore what lights you up and then go with it. Those are the kind of things that helps to get gratitude to stick is not just that inner transformation, but just doing it in a way that really lights you up and really fits your personality. Yeah. That's such a great point. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a list. It could be a meditation or it could just be sitting by the lake or just appreciating. Like you said, whatever lights you up, do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, and I was thinking, you know, as a mom, I look back, think about different things that I would change now, now that I know more. But the two things I always come back to is I wish that from the time my kids were little, that we had created a routine around gratitude, Mm. like talking about it or writing it or whatever each day. And the other thing would be meditation. Yeah. If they had been introduced to gratitude and meditation from a young age, or if all kids were, I think that would be amazing. It's such a powerful tool for kids. Yeah. Well, where can people find you if they want to work with you or see what you have to offer? 
Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much, Marla. Yeah, I would love to connect. Um, pinkfortitude.com slash Marla, M-A-R-L-A is your first name. And I've got a page that is dedicated just for your listeners. And there is a, a quiz that they can take to reveal their gratitude personality and find resources based on their personality that will, again, help to really light them up and get them fired up about gratitude. And then my podcast, The Grateful Warrior podcast is on there as well. So. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for that offer to the listeners. That's really Mm. great. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming here today and spreading the sunshine, sharing the thought that gratitude is very powerful and you don't have to continue suffering. You can build momentum going the other way and have a happier life. Thanks so much, Marla, for having me on. Be sure and follow Open-Minded Healing so you'll get every new episode as soon as it's released each Tuesday. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.